Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Hard Shoulder. All News Talk. With the all-new Nissan Juke. The coupe crossover by Nissan. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Irish Home Builders, the Irish Home Builders Association, have warned today that the supply of new homes could be reduced by up to 8,000 units this year as a result of the current stoppage in construction. James Benson is head of the Irish Home Builders Association and he joins me on the line. Uh, James, you might just put that 8,000 in context. Uh, Remind us, what were the original figures, the aim for this year for completed units in this country? Uh, Good evening, Kieran. I suppose we've spoken before about what number of homes we need to be built in any given year. And, and we know that this is in the region of somewhere between thirty-three to 36,000 homes, and that's what we'd hope to see annually over a number of different tenure types. What we've seen over the last three years, we've probably just, just in our about 20,000 unit homes in any given year. Uh, we know from the last lockdown, we lost approximately 800 homes per week. Um, so if we're going to see a continuation of the current restrictions in place until March the 5th, we would expect to see 8,000 homes uh, less okay. than what we hope to deliver so, this year going into December. Um, that, so we that, could see somewhere in the region of 15,000 this year from falling down from what we would hope to be about 22,000, 23,000 this year. So that, oh, sorry, so down to 15 from about 22, uh, 23. So you're talking like, oh, oh, what's that, over a third uh, a drop, an over 33% drop, 33, 35% drop in the number uh, of homes being completed. Uh, and even that target w- was less than we actually need. Given how long it takes to actually build a house, uh, this is something that's going to ripple uh, into next year and the year after and the year after, isn't it? Oh, 100%. We're going to see the impact of this both into 2022, 2023 and beyond. As you said there, last year we, we fell below where we need. Every every year that we don't hit those targets, it further escalates the problem. Um, we have demand, we have grown population, and we're not hitting that demand. We have weaknesses in the system that need to be addressed. COVID had to, has magnified some of those problems within the system. Um, what we need, to, we need to be very careful of, that there's going to be greater impact beyond those numbers as a result of current restrictions. Now, we fully appreciate the seriousness of the current situation and the and strain on the health system. Equally, people are suffering from a housing crisis. Um, and as I say, the current restrictions will have a, an impact on eight to eight and a half thousand units less mm. this year than we'd hoped for. But equally, there'll be further impact. You know, we're going to see impact on our labour. We're going to see it on stock, finances and investment. At the moment, we have a situation where many builders are finding themselves, unfortunately, laying off people temporarily and permanently. Now, those people will have to go and find alternative employment for, for their own self-goodness, but yeah. they could be left in a situation where they won't return to original employment and it could make it even harder to get going when the time is permitted to safely reopen. So we won't go back to a, a, a run and start when mm. we do reopen. It's going to take a while for the system to get up and running. And that's where we could see that magnification of the current problems in the and, system. And I don't think anyone would disagree with, with, with how problematic this is. This is. But, but are you suggesting seeing that, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, the worst point in this pandemic, when the hospitals are so close to breaking point, that construction shouldn't have stopped or that it should go back? Well, I think 
we continue to put forward a very compelling and I, I think fully evidence-based case as to why to the lengths that the construction industry and the residential sector have gone to over the last 12 months. We introduced a standard operating procedure which has been you know, adopted by 22,000 uh, companies um, uh, over the past 12 months. We've seen over 200,000 individuals complete the online induction. Now, the incidence rates, I suppose, speak for themselves. We have one of the lowest incidence rates in the country. During the last peak, you know, before before Christmas, obviously, when we went into the numbers, when they strayed into the thousands. But during the previous peak, when construction was at its full capacity, um, when we saw just under 13 case, 1,300 cases in a particular day, there was only 26 cases at that time in construction. The peak cases um, within construction we saw last year were in September, where there was 56. Mm. I suppose what, what, we, what we'd recognise is that Construction has always had a very strong, uh, a strong representation on the health and safety side. We've adopted that as a culture. We've actually institutionalised now what we've taken on board from COVID and the measures and protocols. But that, I don't see that ever lead, leaving our current practices. Yeah. So we we have proven that we can continue to operate it. And I think that's been recognised in the fact that a number of sectors within the industry have been deemed safe to operate within within as, as essential services under the current restrictions. So wider residential activities operate equally safely as do others within the construction. So for those ones that are, are permitted to operate safely, we'd say we can do the same. Is it not a case, James, that they don't think it's actually safe, that, that there's exceptions around social housing or around completing certain units, but that they say that they just need to make an exception because of the, the social need? It's not, it's not that they're safe and they're saying these are safe, so we're letting them go ahead, but we're going to stop everything else. They think it's all unsafe, but they just want to allow some of it to go ahead and to let all of it go ahead would just be far too unsafe well i wouldn't fully agree i don't think that the the the, the those making the decisions that if they felt something wasn't safe that they'd let it happen despite a need of course we have a social need but we also have a society oh, but that's need not true but sure like it's it's it's, it's, who, who it's not safe it's not home. safe for me to come into work every day you know it's not but but we're considered essential workers it's not safe for anyone to go to work every day but lots of people are going to work because they're essential workers i mean they've they've always allowed exceptions and it's not because they think certain industries are suddenly safe like we know it's not safe to work in a meat factory by and large but we have to have them operating so it, it's it's not that they think social housing sites are safe and therefore they should let everything else open they probably think they're unsafe but they just realize we need to keep building social housing well, I think we're probably speculating on what they consider to be safe. I suppose just to reiterate the point, as as we know, uh, we are in the housing crisis. I visited a number of sites up and down the country in the last twelve months who've put those measures and protocols in place. I, like many other people, have experienced COVID. I have a family and children. I wouldn't put myself in those position to go to those sites and see what people are doing and look at those measures in place if I didn't feel that I was putting myself into a safe environment. And I don't think any other builders and members throughout the country would do that. What we do, one area that I think is very important that we look at when we look at what's going to happen around the reopen we need to look at when we reopen and what will happen on the remobilization around that you know this system when when the system comes under pressure and we're likely to see that pressure magnified when we do get back reopen mm. at, at the earliest possibility you know is there cracks in our current system because if there is cracks and weaknesses they will come under severe pressure you know we have a very we've a planning system that lacks certainty and speed local authorities are, are stretched at the best of times and we've infrastructural deficits so there's a lot that could be done in the short term to allow for that remobilization okay what we would really like to see is that a roadmap be presented from government to show what is going to happen when we reopen? What are the early advance uh, signals that we will reopen at a certain point in time? Because people need to get to site, you know, they need to yeah. check on their, their homes and see, well, what state of disrepair Let, could they be currently in? What needs to be done? So there's an yeah. advance time needed to get the thing going again. Let, let's imagine that on March the 5th, construction is allowed, again, as a lot of people 
are hoping. Is, is there any way we can catch up on that that lag later in the year? Anything the government can do to to, to encourage uh, more building, or or you know, given like I said at the start, given how long it takes to build a house, are we just going to have to accept that we're going to be eight thousand short this year? Well, I don't think any of us would be happy to 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 accept the uh, fate of complete on it. Positively, coming into la- the end of last year, we did see a bump up from our original low estimates on the previous lockdown. Um, I think that was very much a result of the strong intentions given by the current government, where we saw the extension of the help to buy that helps people with their deposits. And um, we also saw the signal that there was going to be a publication early this year of the affordable home bill, where we saw the we will see the introduction of a shared equity scheme mm. later on this year. This okay. brings confidence to the market, and it it'll open up those. I see similar intent and strong intent and changes by the government. I think will do that. There's areas of, uh, you know, within our planning system, our infrastructure, increasing cost of delivery. I think we're seeing strong signals that um, those areas will be addressed and we can bring efficiencies and try okay. to get back somewhere close to the numbers that we need. Lots of anecdotal evidence always comes in, uh, James, of, of uh, builders continuing to work uh, despite the restrictions, uh, you know, not on social housing, not on units that are close to completion, just tipping away because they want to. What's your message to them? Well, look, as I say, look, our, our members are building homes up and down the country at the moment. There is, people need to be aware that there is permitted uh, works allowed under the current regulations for, for units in social right up to the end of April. Private was permitted to continue up until the 31st of January. So we're probably only seeing now uh, a greater closure on, mm. on, on the number of units that people can operate on. I know from our own members that they have put measures and protocols in place um, and they look to make the best practices. And as I say, I wouldn't be going on to those sites myself personally if I didn't feel that they were doing so. James Benson, the head of the Irish Home Builders Association. James, thanks a million uh, for joining us here on The Hard Shoulder. Air Credit Card, brought to you by Bank of Ireland in partnership with Aer Lingus. Whether you're buying your weekly basics or splurging on a special gift, with Air Credit Card, you'll collect Avios and unlock even more rewards. The only credit card in Ireland that gives you travel rewards as you spend. Sign up now by searching Bank of Ireland Air Credit Card and go from tap to takeoff. Bank of Ireland, begin. Over 18s only. Acceptance criteria, lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Subject to a monthly fee of €7.99 and annual government stamp duty of €30. Euro. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.